Welcome to the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast with your host, Jim Robinson. Hello, and welcome back to the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Robinson. So, preparing your farm for planting in the subsequent growing season is one of the most important things a farmer can do in order to succeed. Ideally, spring tillage, anhydrous application, pre-plant herbicide application, and planting would all be spaced out. But Mother Nature isn't necessarily that kind to us. So in today's episode, we are going to discuss what you can do to plan for your spring work to maximize the benefits while minimizing the potential yield loss from spring not being so kind to us, if that occurs. Today, we have two guests with us. We have Nate Meyer and Jacob Foley. Welcome, guys. How are we doing, Jim? Good. How are you? Doing well. Good. Jacob, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me back, Jim. Excellent. So there are a lot of things to be done in the spring before planting. Jacob, can you tell us a little bit about what it is that all has to get done this spring? Yeah, so like I said, there is a ton to do, but if you know, if we kind of take a short list on some of the most important key topics, things to think about, that things you can think about now to help you out. So we can start with uh, talking about spring tillage. What's what's our goal with tillage? We can be mechanically controlling our, our, our wheat pressure. We, we're getting our seed bed prepared for, for planting, getting things ready to go, breaking up and, and burying residue. Uh, we, we can be incorporating some of our soil amendments, right? If, if we're top dressing urea or adding lime to soil, we need to incorporate some of that with our tillage. You mentioned anhydrous ammonia, uh, planning out and getting our, our nitrogen applications ready and knowing what needs to go in what field. Uh, we, we can Now is a great time to be thinking and putting together your herbicide plan, right? What am I going to use for a burn down? What am I going to use for pre-plant? What am I going to come back with in season? Uh, can my crops take what I want to put down or, or are we set to go? To our, 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 to our, our folks out in the West who, who are low on moisture, when should I start my pre-watering and getting that base, that, that base moisture down to my soil so my seed after planting can imbibe and, and start the germination process? And last but not least, planting. Some of the considerations, especially when it comes to, to product and placement, you know, do I, do I have the right, the right hybrid on the right field with the right population? Do I have that soybean variety in that field that I had white mold in a couple of years ago? All these things are things you can think about now to help you get going. Absolutely. No, that's a great list, Jacob. So, you know, let's, let's think about the most important factor when it comes to the spring work that needs to be done. I mean, Mother Nature can throw an awful lot at us if we have a really late spring. So something like 2019, where there's just too much moisture to get in the field. What's the most important thing that can get done? And, and that's, as we all can probably agree, planting. So planting dates determine the most, uh, have the greatest determination in terms of profitability of a field. So Nate, can you tell us a little bit about what it is that planting date should be set and what our goals should be for any kind of spring that hits us. Yeah, absolutely, Jim. I mean, Jacob gave us a great list of things to look at as we're preparing to plant, obviously. But when it comes down to the most important thing that's going to help you out at the end of the year with your yields and your profitability in your farm is going to be your planting date. Obviously, like you said, Mother Nature doesn't cooperate all the time with you, but we've had a lot of research. We've looked at a lot of data from this, and uh, looking at the latitude we're on, you know, being through Nebraska into Iowa and such, so we'd really like to have all of our corn in the ground by May 10th. Um, At that time, after May 10th, we start losing a little percentage of yield every day that we're not in the ground and ready to go. And the same thing for soybeans. Soybeans, 
um, you know, as soon as you can get them in, the better. Um, a lot of times, obviously, people plant corn, then move to soybeans. If there's a possibility to run two planters, get them in at the same time, it's really going to benefit. But with soybeans, you really don't start seeing the yield loss until about the 20th of May for around here. So um, at the end of the year, getting your crops in the ground in a timely fashion is probably one of the key things to just having a successful crop that year. Absolutely. And you mentioned that these are dates that are primarily focused on kind of the Nebraska, Iowa, Illinois types of geographies. If you just push those back a few days, the farther north you move, you know, you'll get an approximate date for what those work out as as well. We actually did a previous podcast on planting dates and terms of how they impact your yield potential. So if you're interested, go back and listen to that episode. Right, exactly. Yeah. So Jacob, with planting date being our most important activity in this, uh, in our spring work, we'll use that as our flag in the ground. So how should we approach tillage with respect to planting date? Sure. So uh, seeing the ground the right time is important, but then also having your ground ready to go so that you can get uh, proper seed soil contact and seed placement accuracy is really important. So I guess we can start with, with our spring tillage and, and think about moisture. And uh, if we have excessive moisture, really, we really want to get away from any, um, um, any potential compaction that we might have. So if we're, if we're too wet and, and uh, we're, we're basically creating a hostile environment where seed may not get good soil contact, maybe your depth's going to be off things that are going to hinder your stand establishment and your emergence overall. And, and then we should be thinking maybe about our, our interval between tillage and when we can plant. I think really it's kind of a general rule of thumb is, is waiting to plant seven to 10 days after your tillage to kind of let that soil settle back down, let, let your air pockets get full again. So we're not putting seed in a, in a place where it's not going to have that seed soil contact. It's not going to germ and emerge really well. And our, and our, our stand establishment is huge in determining that final yield. So. Absolutely. And you know, this is especially important for strip tillage where, you know, that seed to soil contact, those air pockets, if you plant right behind, if you, plant right behind the tillage then you're not going to have an even emergence whatsoever so that's absolutely right right and i guess you could say too hey if you know you mentioned 2019 a bit ago what if we had that ever happen again let's let's hope not but if you had the capability or or had the setup for we could we could consider no till also if we're getting too late there is no time i mean i i can't wait seven to ten days for that seed that that's hold to settle the plant i'm gonna i'm gonna no till now right so some things to think about you know um, it's a lot easier to plant corn into soybean stubble, no-till, right? Mm-hmm. Um, soybe- soybeans have shown that they, they don't respond to tillage uh, really at all, so you can no-till or plant them when you're going into the corn residue. Prior- prioritizing, your, prioritizing your fields to give up your, your, your best responses is, is going to help you in the long run. Absolutely. No, that's a great point. And as you said, I mean, if you're planting beans into corn ground, there, there's no reason that you have to till just because, you know, soybeans, like you said, have not shown yield responses to tillage. And so that's a great way to you know, save some time, you know, perform your tillage and your corn on corn ground. Don't worry about your beans double. Don't worry about your corn uh, mm-hmm. that you're going to be planting beans into. Now, Nate, you know, obviously mm-hmm. we need to fertilize for the yield potential that we want right. to be able to achieve in our field. Uh, so anhydrous ammonia has always been a really important aspect to spring field work. But, you know, what should we consider 
in terms of anhydrous ammonia relative to planting date as well. Right, Jim. There's a couple of things to look at when we're talking about anhydrous in the spring. Um, you know, last year we had a really, really nice fall. Uh, I think we got a lot of fall field work done, but in a lot of areas we were way too dry. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people, you know, probably pushed off their anhydrous to the spring, hoping to get some moisture and everything like that. And we have got some snowfall in areas, so that is going to help. But one of the things we got to look at, and just like we're doing tillage, is, is the soil going to be too wet? Uh, we don't want to go in there and have, um, you know, and not close where we're putting in that anhydrous at. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, you know, we got to look at the time since we've applied the anhydrous until we can plant. Yep. Um, in a perfect world, we'd like to see 10 to 14 days, something like that. But we know that always doesn't happen. So yep. what we can do from there is we can either, one of the things we can lower our rate of nitrogen that we're putting down, first of all, mm-hmm. to maybe shorten that 10 to 14 day period. Uh, we can look at some other ways to incorporate some fertilizer into our program. So if that's an infro starter, uh, two by two, something like that, uh, side dressing, which is probably one of the most efficient ways to fertilize corn, or for those guys lucky enough to have irrigation and the capability to do that, some fertigating throughout the year. So uh, different options if you're not able to get in there and get the anhydrous applied at the correct time. Absolutely. And, you know, like you said, there are a lot of factors that go into any damage that can be caused by anhydrous ammonia on, on emerging corn. And, you know, one of those, I mean, a general rule of thumb is, is 10 to 14 days or an inch of rain. If you, if you capture right. an inch of rain and you're only seven days out from application, then you're actually probably pretty good to go. Right. Yep. There's a lot of different factors in that. That's one of them. I'll, I'll take an inch of rain and seven days any day. Exactly. So Jacob, we need to make sure we have a clean field when we're going in. You know, we don't want to have a field uh, full of weeds that our corn or soybeans are emerging into and then outcompete our crop for, for sunlight, nutrients, water, etc. So what considerations need to be made for a burn down or a pre-plant herbicide application? So first off, you hit it right in the head. We need we need to have that weed-free period for, for proper stand establishment. We need to give our, our crop its best chance to get the V2, V3 un, un, uh, uncompleted against, I guess, um, that that's going to be huge in our final yield, yield potential. But take a little time and, and study your your herbicide label and, and figure out what your uh, uh, plant back interval is based on your crop. They've got that all laid out for you to spend a little time, do some reading, you know, everything from 24 hours in between to seven days to a month. Um, or, uh, for an example we have is, is enlist E3, right? You can, you can plant an enlist variety of soybeans and spray your 240 choline and found in enlist one or do enlist dual on the same day, but yep. you can't do that for an amine or an ester. It has to be a, a, a two to four week interval, depending on your, your situation. Just, just a whole bunch of things to be thinking about before you get out and plant. And, uh, we, we've mentioned, Hey, what if mother nature isn't perfect to us in the spring? Well, what can you come back with, with, a, with for a pre-emergence or maybe even a post-emergence season to get a burn down. If you weren't able to get it on pre-plant, uh, let's get something out there that can burn down, maybe even offer some residual to help you get a little later on in the season too. All, all good things to help you get your stand going. Absolutely. Yeah. If, if worse comes to worse, you don't necessarily have to do anything pre-plant. You can come in after planting and, you know, th- there's a critical point for both corn and soybeans when yield potential starts to decline due to competition from weeds. And, and historically, that's generally been shown to be around that V2, V3 time period for each of corn and soybeans. So as long as you're controlling your weeds before then, you don't necessarily have to get your herbicides down before planting. It's always best if you can, but mm-hmm. it is helpful if, if you're uh, mm-hmm. uh, at that point. So to kind of summarize things overall, you know, 
Mother Nature is not kind. <laughs> there are very few years where we have the ideal conditions to get all of our field work done, start with enough moisture to get the crop started, and and work through the season from there. So we always have to make adjustments. And so we have to look at what are the most important factors of planting or in having a good crop. And that's that's planting. That's the number one thing. So if you can try to have your corn crop planted by May 10th, or a couple of days after that, the farther north you go, or your core, or your soybean crop planted by May twentieth, then that's your primary objective this spring. You know those other things such as uh, spring tillage, anhydrous ammonia application, herbicides. You know you can do a lot of things to push those back later into the year, whether that's side dressing, vertigating, uh, potentially even planting no-till, or even doing a, a, a post-emergence application of your herbicides. Those are going to be the things that you can do to prioritize planting over anything else. Anything I missed, Nate or Jacob? No, Jim. I mean, there, there's a long list of things that we can talk about, but I think we've had probably five of the best topics to really to go ahead as you're looking at your 2021 planting here. So, mm-hmm. Absolutely. What about you, Jacob? Yep. I, no, but I think we got it all. I think we got a pretty good list here set up for guys to things to be thinking about out in the farm. Absolutely. And, you know, as, as we talked earlier, be sure to check out our episode regarding planting date and yield potential for uh, uh, how you want to best set up your planting dates for your farm. And with that, be sure to tune in on the 1st and 15th of every month for new episodes. And until then, stay field ready. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast. Join us next time to be field ready. A Huda Media Production.